heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, safe to, to say here, we, we all know and uh, surely how Joe Biden and his uh, vice president, uh, Kamala Kamala uh, Harris, are being looked at here at home. I mean, uh, that's not a surprise, is it? I mean, just look at the polls. I mean, they're sinking lower than, than the Titanic did and, and quicker than it did as well. Uh, and it's just it, it's the nature of all these policies, uh, the impact to people's lives. I mean, real lives here. And uh, it's a moment that uh, people are scratching their heads and wondering, you know, how, why, well, they, a lot of people are saying buyer's remorse. Yeah, well, sure, buyer's remorse or the stupid farm, either one, huh? Uh, but, you know, what about the world stage? How is uh, Joe Biden and this administration perceived around the world, you wonder? I mean, right? I mean, sure, we can see with, with our adversaries or enemies, but what about our allies as well? That's a good question. How does the world perceive this administration and uh, the man himself and and uh, the VP? Um, you know, I often reference to you these historical moments of time that we're in. One of the challenges, I believe, is that uh, it's it's a slow drumbeat or the frog in the pot kind of thing. And, you know, the danger in all of this, let's just put it right out here, is that a lot of this stuff is so crazy and so whacked out, it's so extreme that the danger, my friends, is that it becomes normal, normal. You know, they, they referenced that new normal a couple of years back with the whole pandemic thing, remember. But that's the real danger here is the, the pot, the hot pot becomes very, very normal. And, you know, the the egregious attacks on surely our liberties, but uh, the policies that are so against any American values uh, would would you know raise raise any eyebrows up here. And so I, I say that uh, that's what worries me the most because there's references to the fact, well, you know, Biden's just going to be one term president, or he's not going to be here real long, or you know, don't worry about it. I mean, it's only how, how much damage can he do in four years? You know. Well, we've seen how much damage uh, Barack Obama did in eight years. I certainly don't want to divide that by two. And that's also part of the problem here is Obama's hands are all over this administration. That back then was the Obama-Biden administration. Today, it's the Biden-Obama administration, you see. And Kamala's just the baggage they're bringing along here. Uh, for whatever she's worth, I, I have no concept or no idea. Uh, there was an interesting, uh, very, very interesting article, and I emphasize very there, as you could see, and it was entitled, Has America Gone Mad? It was a question put out. This was by Conrad Black in, in the New York Sun, and this was an eye-opener. It was sent to me uh, by uh, one of our uh, experts on the platform here, one of our writers, uh, George McClellan, who actually will be visiting with us today on the uh, program here as well. But he sent it to me and, you know, I happened to read this. I did a double take. I said, wow, was this pretty well said? And this guy is right on it and explains the worldview on Biden and his policies and the administration and what the world really thinks about this. 
uh, again, uh, you know, is this just a hiccup in, in uh, American politics or is this becoming a, a new legacy of being inept as a nation? You know, where do we go from here, my friends? What do we learn? Now, the American people are slowly but surely waking up. I mean, because of the polls, you see the plummeting of that. And, you know, it be, let me just say, you know, it just get this through your head here. It becomes less of a Democrat-Republican problem, really, when the nation has fallen in the way that it is. Just like, you know, again, when our eyes were all open after 9-11, we didn't walk all, you know, we didn't walk the streets on 9-12 and, you know, point out who was a Democrat and who was a Republican. That didn't happen. It was who was an American, who was ready to kick their asses, right? That's what it was. And we don't see that a lot in our country, of course. This is another one of those moments here, I think. And we've been going through this for a bit here, but this is kind of what's happening. I think people are going to begin to wake up. And I, I call it middle America. But it's surely those, uh, uh, you know, listen, our independents, moderates, Democrat friends, just left of center, the people that still have a brain left. I'm not talking about the Marxist left or any of those crazy wackos. I mean, they're, they just need help. But the, the, and that's where our assault is. And Biden, of course, his administration has been swept up and all that. He's just a poster child for whatever it is that ails them or whatever they're trying to do. But the policies are have real world consequences and they're impacting all of us here. And, you know, again, is it just a blip on the radar screen or is there a lot more to the story? And, you know, sadly, I mean, is this the beginning of the end of our great run? as a, you know, approximately now coming up on 250 year, you know, amazing run on, on the planet here, you know, America, right? Is, is this the beginning of that end? Or is this just a blip on the radar screen? Or do we get over this? Because there's a lot of wacky things going on in the neighborhood for sure. And uh, it's got all of us uh, edgy. So I think we've come together now, hopefully, as Americans is what I'm hoping and praying for. I, I ask you all the time to invite your, you know, independents, moderates and Democrat friends. And we all have them. I mean, they're in our families, in our circles, you know, and it's OK. We're OK with that in America. We, we, diversity of opinion and thoughts is a beautiful thing. We just don't want to sell out to the Marxist left and have communism be, you know, the order of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's not asking so much, is it? You know, we, we want to keep this country free and, and have, you know, just we, we, we want to keep this the way the framers invent. That's where we talk about being originalist, a constitutionalist and bringing it back to that amazing vision. There are some things we need to fix along the way here, no doubt about it, friends. But, you know, this experiment has served us pretty well for almost 250 years now. It has. And I remember with the 200th, uh, you know, the, the 200th, the, the bicentennial, right? right? 1976. I was really, really young, but I was here. You know, I don't want to tell you too much more than that. But uh, in any event here, has America gone mad? Conrad Black uh, tells the story here in the New York Sun. And uh, he starts this way here in this piece here. After three weeks in Europe and extensive discussions with dozens of well-informed and highly placed individuals from most of the uh, most of the principal Western European countries, including leading members of the British government, I have the unpleasant duty of reporting complete incomprehension an incredulity of what Joe Biden and his collaborators encapsulate in the peppy but misleading phrase, we're back. 
remember that we're back um and, and so he, he's suggesting that you know that uh, they don't quite see it that way uh, and, he, and he goes and he has some very interesting things I, I want you to follow some of this with us now uh he, he says here as one eminent elected british government official put it uh, and listen to this and uh, i quote these are in quotes now they are not back in any conventional sense of that word we have worked closely with the americans for many decades and we have never seen such a shambles of incompetent administration diplomatic incoherence and complete military ineptitude as we've seen in these nine months here here surely we were startled by trump but he clearly knew what he was doing whatever we or anyone else thought about it you know irrelevant to that he's saying this is just a this next sentence is going to hurt you people because this this is like a punch in the gut this is just a little punch below the belt he says to finish that quote this is just a disintegration of the authority of a great nation for no apparent reason you know that sentence really rubs me the wrong way it as a patriot it just eats it just grabs my heart and pulls it right out the question is is it an accurate statement right how would you answer that would you how would you answer that out there this is just a disintegration of the authority of a great nation for no apparent reason how the hell do you answer that back what do you think well let's ask george mcclellan george mcclellan joins me he's a historian a political analyst a professional career spanned 43 years law enforcement u.s naval investigative service a writer on the platform been with us for a lot of years here on america out loud uh george you hear that statement that sentence it's an eye-opener here and uh it says this is just a disintegration of the authority of a great nation for no apparent reason how would you answer that what does that sentence do to you the statement is shocking because other people are realizing what what we are suffering right now and that's a loss of our our credibility in the world except china sees it Russia sees it, Iran sees it. Uh, that is uh, the weakness that Thomas Jefferson warned us about. Weakness invites uh, uh, invites terror, in this case for us, because we are facing a technical age that can deliver responses that we are incapable of addressing. We went back to, if we go back as far as World War One, America was a, a nation with two borders protected by thousands of miles of ocean. And we got engaged in that war. And then we left and we came back to America when World War I was over. And we retreated into, um, uh, into ourselves and stayed there until 20 years later when World War II started. World War II changed America, changed our perspective on our position in the world. We saved Europe. Uh, we also saved Russia for that, uh, the communist Russia for that, for that reason. But mm -hmm. here we are now we are being uh, picked on because we were successful mm -hmm. and the other people don't want us to be successful. We got, we got soft in the intervening years after World War II. 
And now we're paying the price for it. Yeah, interesting references you say there, uh, brother. You know, I, I often comment, George, on the program here, and the, the reference of what you speak about World War I, World War II. You remember Tom Brokaw wrote that very fascinating book, uh, the, the, the Greatest American Generation, right? Yes, uh, Greatest rev- Right, the greatest generation remembering that, and I often reference, I uh, and not in a you know not in a polite way, but I I say that you know and I've said this for years to folks that if we don't get it right and get it straight because we see this decline, this frog in the butt story has been happening for some time actually, and that we are going to go from the greatest generation to the most screwed up generation ever because we would have lost it all. In fact, I want to, as a footnote here, George, I'll say to you this. This is really uh, very personal to me on America Out Loud. From day one, when we launched this uh, network, this platform, this movement, this mission, uh, and we have it right on the front page even today here, will always be with us. It's sort of our mantra, our marching orders, if you will. Below the Your Source for Free Speech Talk Radio Podcast and News, here's the mission, the mantra. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. So that's the message right there. And, you know, that's what we try to do each time. But, you know, that greatest generation, the most screwed up generation, and it seems like we're there. I mean, you can't turn around without shaking your head today at some of the uh, an- an- anomalies that are happening in our lives. World War II, you mentioned. They talk about American leadership, this Conrad Black. What a brilliant piece, first of all, this was that you uh, discovered here uh, with uh, in the uh, NY Sun there with the Conrad Black here. And to the point of American leadership, he says, uh, from the European perspective, uh, Conrad says, American leadership of the West has produced excellent results. And, uh, well, a few unpleasant surprises since the United States uh, stepped into that role under Franklin D. Roosevelt in World War II. At that time, the entire future of Western civilization rested essentially upon the shoulders of just two men and their historic in nature, which is Roosevelt and Winston Churchill. And to wrap that up, he says the level of acuity and success of the subsequent administrations as the confidence of government of any nation must has fluctuated. The emphasis was on continuity, though in the containment policy elaborated in the Truman administration was generally followed through to the great bloodless victory of the West as the Soviet Union crumbled crumbled, and international communism as we know it had evaporated. Now, George, yes, that's, sir. A, that's an interesting moment right there, because, you know, I always hearken back to Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, Mikhail Gorbachev and even Pope John Paul. Uh, that essentially changed the world in their worldview and the way they, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, tear down this wall. You know, it's, it, there are words that echo in my brain. They'll ever forever be there when you see Reagan there at that moment. You know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I mean, it, you couldn't have a more historic moment. It went down number 40 to be one of the most historical political leaders in our lifetime. Uh, so as Conrad references their American leadership, and you took it from World War I to World War II, um, you know, what do you, from that standpoint forward, what's transpired in our country to the degree that it has that uh, we're now at the moment of where it seems to be slipping from us, where we're almost questioning what the hell are we going to look like at 250 years, which is just in a few years, you know? 
we were warned, weren't we, by Khrushchev when he came to visit uh, during Nixon's administration that uh, socialism or communism will take over America and we don't need to fire a shot. And now we see that it is very probably true what he said. We got soft. We enjoyed the good life uh, because of the war and all of the advancements in science and medicine. We got lazy. We enjoyed better automobiles, cheaper gasoline. We had all of these wonderful things. But we also, I might say, we helped uh, re, re, uh, Germany restore its government. We helped the Japanese restore their government. And, and we prospered and they prospered. But we, we let we let that, the Marxists never quit. They never quit. And they came in and they took over our schools and we let them do it. And there's the root of our problems today. Now we have college age students, well, back in the 60s, uh, the rioters at the time against the Vietnam War, that was their excuse to make it plain to the American people that changes were coming. No one used the term communism or Marxism or Marx Engels or any of that. They just simply started organizing college students. Uh, I was a uh, officer in the California Highway Patrol when Mario Savio had his free speech movement at the University of California, Berkeley. I could see then what was coming, but I don't think I understood it. Now, those students are teachers in our schools. And what are they teaching? Socialism however you like to describe it. So, as I said in one of my uh, essays recently, that uh, maybe if we want to take this back, we've got to start replacing school boards. Yeah, well, in that realm of what you say there, George, I would suggest back to you and listeners that uh, in that regard, COVID, may, COVID this coronavirus COVID-19 business, may end up, uh, this is not going to sound really nice, but may end up turning out to be a blessing. Uh, to the degree of the point that you just said. You, you know why I say that, right? Yes, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's more evidence is coming out, even on the internet today, uh, there's several sites, not that you can you should trust the internet, but there's already several sites that are telling us that the whole thing is a scam. It's a phony scam. It might be a disease, it might be, but a vaccine isn't going to solve it. Yeah, yeah. well, that's been proven. And, and so now we're being mandated. And that, in other words, we're being ordered by government yeah. to do certain things that are unconstitutional. If we allow them to ignore the Constitution and force us to do things we don't want to do, then we become part of the problem. Then we agree with them because mm -hmm. we don't want to be bothered. We have to be bothered. We have to be bothered. We organize, reorganize the tea parties and, and let's get out there and find candidates who will be willing to start at school boards. Yeah. Get rid well, of the communists. Get rid of the communists. Yeah. Because it is it is a communist mentality that has been building, which you say uh, you've seen it over the last couple of decades. They've been very, very crude uh, and uh, careful, uh, almost meticulous in nature and how they pulled it off, George, as you say, uh, speaking of the indoctrination of the kids in so way. So now you've got, well, by golly, a couple generations now that have gone through this that see the world in a whole different light. They don't see it in the same light that 
all of us see it and they see it in a different light. So many of them, and I don't say all now, you can never say all. So let's be clear because there are a lot of great people out there still a lot of great kids, uh, including my own. I mean, my, my son and daughter, and uh, certainly two of the most patriotic people, they obviously get it from dad here. Uh, but they're very patriotic. You've, you've met my son, George. You know what I'm speaking of. Um, I do, He's a very patriotic kid. He loves the country. He understands the values of what we're fighting with. Didn't fall into the indoctrination. My kids kind of seen it early on through the whole program. And they would tell me all these things. And they were very careful, though. They knew they couldn't discuss certain things in school. They couldn't discuss Trump in school. I mean, they were big Trump fans, huge Trump fans, my, my two were. Uh, and they still are to this moment. Um, they they actually loved him way before I discovered who he was. And I mean, on the political stage, I'm saying, you know, and, and what he might do. But they, they thought he was really incredible. And, and they loved his animation and how he sort of, you know, he brought a he brought a sort of social cultural fabric to the political landscape, George, that we hadn't seen in a while. And he actually Conrad talks a little bit about that in the piece here in just moments. He will talk about that. He said some fascinating things about Trump, actually. Uh, you know, tr Trump, in a nutshell, he, he scared the hell out of a lot of people, including the, some of the people Conrad uh, references here. But in the same time, he was a leader to the degree he knew what he wanted and he didn't make any bones about it. Right, George? That's exactly right. He scared the hell out of a lot of people, hmm. but they realized that this man followed up on his promises. That's he it. did what he that did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, so long as the deep state didn't thwart him in it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Whereas most of the people now, they draw red lines on a daily basis and they don't follow through with a damn thing. That's, of course, the definition of a politician right there. The one thing about Trump is he, if he said it, George, if he said it, that was going to happen. Like he followed through on the things he said, which was really sort of a weird thing. Like I, I'll give you an example. When he got into office just shortly after he became the president, like he was going, you know, he had that list for member of Supreme Court justices and which people said, well, is he going to really do that or not? Because he doesn't have to, even though he presented it. And then he always references campaign promise. He said, well, no, I told the American people this. No, no, no. I told the American people that. No, no, no. I said this to the American people. No, no, this is the problem. And he was like rabid on fulfilling those promises. George, we've never seen that in a politician in current day politics. And you, you probably won't see it again unless he's reelected. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's yep. weird. Yeah, I can't I can't figure I can't put a handle on it. I mean, that was like so refreshing. But see, that's what scared the left so badly, because he, he also didn't hide it. He put it out there. He was a, what I always reference as a canoe rocker, but he scared the hell out of people in such a way, including who we're talking about now, leaders around the world. But they stood up and they paid attention. But, you know, a lot of times I've referenced Trump was here at a very interesting moment of time because had Hillary Clinton been elected, the Marxists would have seized uh, more control quicker, faster. Trump set them back a bit. Of course, they seized and took the election back. And now they've got the puppet in there, uh, Biden, who and, you know, Kamala Kamala and their whatever the hell's going on there. And and actually, Conrad talks about that. I want to get to that in a moment here. Let me let me do a I want to come through a couple of really interesting points, George, he has, because this is really rich, this piece here. Uh, and and let's let's just flush some of this out for for listeners to really grab. I mean, and, and I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to post um, uh, 
uh, the excerpts of this brilliant writing here from, uh, again, I was telling you, the New York Sun from Conrad Black here, okay? I'm going to put them in the post when this goes to podcast in a day or so, so you can get it right at America. It's worthy of reading through a couple of times. I'm going to put it all in there, and I'm going to let, let, let you play the show again and hear it on podcast. So, all right, the next one he talks about, George, I want to talk about carbon emissions. Now, li- listen to listen to the way he puts the, I mean, this, wow, I just, my mind is blown. What I'm going to share with you next on these next few pieces, it's like, it really is like, you know, it's like a V8 moment. I mean, it is so screwed up the policies and the things we're dealing with right now. And so Conrad Blad draws the uh, uh, parallels to the fact that we're in the insanity mode right now, George, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he <laughs> yes. can't figure it out. I mean, when you look at the kinds of things and, and you know, the thing, what I'm trying to say to people, George, I don't think everybody understands you know, one or two things, you screw up here or there, you fall down, you scrape your knees, you pick yourself up, you move forward. You know, no president's perfect. Uh, a couple might do this or that that are bad. But this guy, there isn't a policy that he hasn't played that impacts any American. And he is he is so an assault on liberty and an assault on American politics, which is what Conrad sort of points out. This is like this is so egregious to everything we stand for. And, 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 and when Conrad ends it, he says, well, my God, and we got to put up with this for what, another three freaking years? Of course, that's me talking, but that's <laughs> what he references right there, you know? Yeah. And then we say, well, yeah. my God, yeah. So anyway, so th- th- this first one, carbon emissions, listen to this now. It just please hear the words, people, and, and dissect these in your mind a moment. And then, George, you opine on each of these. So talk about carbon emissions. No one could foresee that just... 30 years after the hammer and sickle was hauled down over the Kremlin and Russia reverted to the European borders that the international left would have taken over the conservation and ecology bandwagon and manipulated the leading capitalist countries into a savage assault on their own economies to reduce carbon emissions. All right, so this is like self-inflicting pain is what this is. I need everybody to understand and get the wax out of your ears and understand when I tell you this amazing blue marble, this planet that's called Earth, it has, and and with what we have here, this, this blue marble, George, it has been changing weather patterns and the phenomenon of our atmosphere and our gravity and this amazing marble that God has gifted mankind it has been changing from the first moment it became, well, planet Earth. And even before it was livable, the climate continues to change here. And it's been proven 10 times over on America Out Loud, if you haven't been paying attention, people. The, the, the whole climate change is just a money laundering scheme put out there by the rich and elite who fly their jets and their big uh, caravans of cars and their... And they violate and abuse and obliterate every damn rule. If you're worried about a carbon emission, which we're really not, because we're all made of carbon. In fact, that's what makes all the trees green and the bushes green and everything else. And he says the first thing out of the bat, he says he can't believe that now after pulling the hammer and sickle down, the international left would have taken over the conservation and ecology bandwagon, manipulated the leading capitalist countries into a savage assault on their own economies. George, that's a hell of a hell of a statement, isn't it? Yeah, and it's based on ignorance. It's they're stupid people. They use the term fossil fuel like we're we're burning up the bones of old old dinosaurs <laughs> that are have been turned into coal. Coal is an effective, cost effective 
source of heat for producing energy. Okay. China is still building coal plants. Uh, this uh, By the dozens, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because they, they want to press on. Now, coal, we, we have been burning carbon-based products since man first saw a burning bush that would heat up his, his cave. And for all these hundreds of years, smoke has gone into the air, carbon, solid, a solid thing, which comes out of the air, falls back onto the ground and drifts away. But no one on this, uh, of this left will say, well, give me an answer to of, do you know, we have 1500 volcanoes in the world, 540 of them more or less are active. Now, how do they put all that crap into the air and, and, the, and this green group says nothing about it? One, one volcano produces more stuff in a week than all humans have done since the first campfire. Wow. And nobody talks about it. How are they go, how's John Kerry going to put out a volcano and make us happy? Uh, that, that's a perfect example of what you're speaking about. It tells you how insane the whole conversation is. And that it really is, it, it's just a money laundering scheme, George. That's what it is. So we, people are buying solar things, uh, uh, panels and windmills, and we're, we're, we're ruining our, our prairies and our mountains with windmills that, that uh, would, would never be profitable if the government didn't subsidize. Well, they don't do crap. And, you know, this whole notion that they're going to put everything on wind and solar and then electrify the cars, George. First of all, I mean, how stupid is this? Well, how stupid it is, the rare earths that would be needed for this new world vision that Biden and the cabal have are all being produced. 75% of those are being produced out of China. And the balance of uh, the uh, good balance of them, a good many of them are in the Afghanistan landscape that China will now be sleeping with the Afghan, with the Taliban there. And we're going to be on the out, just like we fought with the Middle East over all these years about oil, because that's what Trump did, made his energy independence. We didn't have to worry about those clowns anymore. Biden removed all the policies, made us energy starving again, trying to deal with OPEC again. Now, gas has escalated. People are tired of paying that at the pump, and it's going to keep going north because it can't come down. Now he's kissing you know, OPEC's backside out there because we're playing this tit-for-tat game again. And in the meantime, their vision of a new world order is energy rare earth, which we don't even have control of. George, this is this would define I mean, crazy time insanity. Well, OK, you've, you've said it, but we, we mistake when we think they're just stupid. They're not stupid. It's by design. See, that's it's important. For control. Yeah, that's that's important what you say there, George. Yeah. Everybody that it's not, they're not stupid. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because many times we reference them and sometimes I do as well as being dumb. They're well in our world, you know, dumber than dumb. Okay. But they're really quite smart, aren't they, George? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. This is all planned and we're, and we're, we react to them. Why are we react? Look at this, uh, this, this trial going on in, uh, Nicosia or Kyosha, Wisconsin. Yeah. We're reacting to that. We're reacting to uh, the shooting of the movie set, and yeah. we're reacting to somebody's, some actress's dress or what she's going. Why? Where's the importance of that? We we are fed entertainment. The circus is being applied to us through these entertainments, but the Constitution that protects them is being ignored. 
uh, I don't know that I put those two thoughts together exactly, but we have a rule. We have a set of rules and laws that govern us, and those people are purposely ignoring them, uh, producing this trial of this kid up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, yeah. uh, who uh, I cannot believe he would be found guilty of anything except being there. So we're, we're in a, um, it's all being done on yeah. purpose. Well, the whole thing is, is scheduled and planned and they, as long as they can create a crisis every day, that's right. then we will react to a crisis yeah. and not to the problem. What you're saying is so important because what it means, George, is we're playing defense, not offense, right? Or defense. That's is exactly. what we're doing. Yeah. And, and it's what I call it's the shiny object syndrome. It is. It is a crisis they produce on, a, on an every weekly basis, every few days, so they can change the news cycle. And uh, so, you know, it's like, you know, in this world, George, you either baffle people, I mean, you either have brilliance or you baffle them with bullshit. You know that. It's either <laughs> one or the other. It's either brilliance or bullshit, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's either one or the other, and we're being baffled here with the biggest amount of bullshit you ever seen in the world here. Uh, and George brings up a great point. We talks about the defense and offense. You see, we're we're constantly playing defense and all the things we're talking about, friends. And uh, and that is the shiny object syndrome. So, oh, look, look over here. Look over here. There's another one over here. Look, look, look over here. Look over here. And then in the meantime, we have a, just an open borderless society with criminality flowing through all of our cities and our urban markets, which have become third world cesspools. Uh, and the country continues to decline. And we run around saying, look at another one. Look at another one. It is the shiny object syndrome. And now, as George says, it happens to be Kenosha, Wisconsin here, right? There was the Rittenhouse trial. And, you know, it's a laughing stock. And just before coming on with you, I was listening to um, on video because I never watch these people in real time because they would drive me absolutely ballistically crazy. I'd be I'd be insane in the funny farm. But I was watching a video clip from a, about an eight minute excerpt on MSNBC and uh, it's it's so rich. I'm trying to think about how to bring it to you all and, and do a program on this. But it is it is remarkable, the Rittenhouse thing. And they, it, they, it's totally blamed on racism. I mean, everything in the case is white. I mean, again, criminality and evil falls in every sector of the population. It's, it's a human condition. It doesn't really know one color or one particular species or ethnicity. I mean, in this particular case, it happens to be all white. OK, but they've made this into race totally white supremacy. And, you know, Rittenhouse is a, a white supremacist and all of this. And I mean, it's remarkable, people. And that's all on their channel. And the things they say on there are so in your face and so egregious. It is so unintelligent. And it's 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 unbelievable that people would consume that information into their brains. Think about that, please. The people who characteristically go to an MSNBC, whoever they are, and gather that information. And imagine how warped their brains are after hearing these people like this Joy Reid go off and the guests that she has on and the things they say on there. It is it, I've never seen anything quite like it, uh, frankly. Uh, it's and you can almost do some of the channel surfing on the networks and the cable channels and see some of that. You know, a lot of us have turned off the news. We don't really pay attention. I'm talking about these networks and cable channels. Most of us don't. We don't run our clocks or our lives by that anymore. We know it's a fool's game. We know the media has sold out. To, they are the Marxist left. And, and in fact, it's one of the points Conrad Black pulls up in here. Again, this brilliant read we got to get back to in a moment here. Uh, we're talking to George McClellan here, friends, on The Voice of a Nation. I want to remind you that every day our program is uh, 6 p.m. Uh, weekdays. I'm speaking about Monday through Friday. 
Uh, 6 p.m. There's an encore at 10. So 6 or 10, uh, you catch us on the iHeart Radio Network. If you have, however you listen to iHeart on, in your car or there's an app or the, the network, just look up America Out Loud Talk Radio and uh, we'll be favorited in through their, it's their app. They're, they control that. But you'll find our network uh, on that uh, radio uh, network. So that's terrific. We have our own apps as well, Apple, Android, or Alexa. They're totally free. And the, the beautiful thing about these apps is they work. And so we get a lot of lot of traction with those apps. I, I encourage you to do that. And there are links on there, by the way, to get to all of our podcast networks and our content and other things that is all found back at America Out Loud. Now, we are on the front lines here, um, liberty and justice for all. And we are really trying to, We, I mean, this is my goal, my mission personally, and, and all of our experts and people like George, who's with us today, and so many other amazing people on this platform, it is to carry that mission out, uh, to preserve future generations. That's what we put into this. It's why we do what we do here. We need your help, of course, to, to continue to get the word out there. Uh, surely we are growing like a rocket ship for a lot of reasons. Uh, we, we are the answer to what ails a lot of people out there who need this information, who's looking for vi the vital truth or what I call the out loud truth. And you can catch that all back at AmericaOutloud.com. The, the other thing I'll do every day, my friends, is take healthy cell, healthy cell. Uh, I cannot encourage you any more than to go get healthy cell for yourself. I've been taking it for three and a half, almost four years now. And it is a remarkable product. There, there's nothing like it. One of the reasons is this, uh, all of those products they have are in gel form. So you can actually, if you don't like pills, or even if you do, the gel form is kind of cool. You can take it right from the little package, easy to travel with as well, or just put it in water. I put it in a little water. I'll put it in a few ounces of water and I take other uh, essential things with that. Uh, so that way it keeps me out loud so I can be healthy with you out here and uh, for the fight forward. But that that it's really good. Put a little water, drink that. I take the daily product, the regimen, the multi-healthy um, uh, cell. I take the AMPM product as well. I have Immune Super Boost, which is sold so well. It's been out of stock. It's just coming back in, I think, in about another week or so. So that has got A and D and zinc and echinacea and all the things to fight these viruses and COVID sort of thing. They have REM Sleep Focus, a terrific line of products. But one of the new products, real quickly, I want to tell you, I, I implore you to get this, please, for yourself, for your body. And it's very uh, economic, very, very inexpensive. AC11. AC11. Remember, remember I told you about that comes from the uh, Amazon rainforest. It's a patented product. And it's really remarkable. And it's that one little capsule and you take that and do it every day. And I've been taking that out for the past few months uh, and it's terrific. And it helps a lot of us that are fighting COVID. There's a lot of attributes in there as well that help us fight these viruses and these sort of influenza COVID things. And, and we don't know what China is going to throw at us next, do we, from a bioweapons status, uh, you know, but we surely need to be prepared for it. All our listeners get 20% off their first order. Uh, just go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back there at americaoutloud.com or just put the out loud code in there. Any of those things will give you that 20% off. I cannot encourage you more, okay, to do something for yourself. And this is how you do it right here, healthy cell. And then remember to get out and walk and see the trees, okay? That's what we got to do as a people so we stay healthy and fit and ready to take on the challenges of, of today and tomorrow, friends, that are coming at us here. We'll take a quick pause. We'll be back. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. 
Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it is a pleasure, friends, to be with you on the mission here. And it's and, and listen, to be clear with you, it's my privilege always to have you here on the journey, and I thank you for being with us here. Uh, you know, we're, we're on the mission here, liberty and justice for all, and it's all back there at America Out Loud. We're speaking today about this unbelievable, and I got a lot to cover you in the next bit, so I need you to buckle your seatbelt so we can get all this in. This amazing uh, essay, if you will, uh, from Conrad Black, Has America Gone Mad? And uh, it, it references what world leaders are speaking about. And we're talking here today. I've got also on the line with us and, and, and the call here today. We're thrilled to have on George McClellan. Uh, George has been with us for many years on America Out Loud. He's an avid writer. He's a great thinker, a historian and political analyst and understands uh, the scope of things and where we're at. Uh, it's one thing about experience, George, and as we get older in life, is that experience is invaluable. I mean, there's a, it's always a trade-off with getting older. Uh, our minds get, uh, uh, we learn all this experience and we got to use all this experience and knowledge. And it's people like you that have that. We got to pass it on to all these new generations. So anyways, that's a beautiful thing about getting, I remember as a kid, you always looked down as, you know, you didn't, you didn't, um, you, you know, you didn't have the experience. You didn't have the experience. Now, as we get older, we got the experience, George, right? Yeah, that's yes, that's right. Nobody listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to keep our youth with the experience, brother. Is all we got to do, right? I mean, well, that's why people use healthy cells. That's it's great stuff, man. I just I'm, I'm thrilled. I, and I knew this relationship was going to be very special with them. It's funny, George. 
when I uh, contacted that company about three, well over three and a half years ago, I'd had the CEO, CEO on one time for a program and it was so remarkable. And I ended up calling them at their corporate office. I said, yeah, we need to get you guys on. I love your product. And we created a unique relationship and now we're, we're storming it up with them and really doing some cool stuff. So I'm excited and I'm, I'm thrilled to help other people with this uh, advancement. We got to take care of ourselves. The other thing in Conrad Black's piece here on Has America Gone Mad is the uh, crime element, George. Let me come through a few things quickly. The assault on police, which, of course, you with your law enforcement background understand this. And so listen to Conrad's words here. He says, no one could have anticipated that some African-Americans would have celebrated the emancipation and the elevation of an African-American president by lionizing anti-white extremists and producing policing policies that have facilitated a virginous spike in violent crime in America. And oh my golly, George, does that hit it head on? I mean, because you're seeing the crime in all of our cities, they become third world cesspools and uh, we're feeling the pain in that way. And you've got this whole fight with Antifa and the Antifas and the Black Lives Matters and all of that. But this is what the Marxist left used to divide us, isn't it? It is exactly right. That's it. They get us warring among ourselves and we are fortunate as it is to have some conservative blacks pushing back. Amen. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. We have some on the platform here. You're exactly right. And I, there's a lot of great people out there like that. And the black community is slow, slowly but surely, George, they're coming aware of what's happening, how they're being a tool for the Marxist left. You know that, right? Yeah, but not enough of them. Not no, not fast them. enough. Not fast. I agree. I agree. Uh, not fast enough. But it, but it is happening slowly but surely. And Trump was actually making good inroads there. He got more votes from Black America than previous presidents. You know that. You know. Yes. Uh, yes. He, he had expanded yep. that. But you'd think we'd get a lot more. But again, the the left is very good at trickery. They do a lot of trickery. The Marxist left does. Again, that's their whole. Uh, their whole approach to this thing. The next thing he talks about is China here and the coronavirus, so the COVID-19 lockdowns. Uh, Conrad uh, Black says, uh, even two years ago, no one could have foreseen that the Chinese would inadvertently, uh, joke, joke, wink, wink, release a virus, which the entire Western world would, uh, uh, you know, feel a response to. They would uh, obligingly respond to by shutting down almost their entire economies. Yeah, well, we did. Locked it down for a year and increasing the money supply by 30 percent. And, you know, and the damage control there was incredible. The only one that had a positive GDP was China, George. The rest of us were in the toilet, you know. And China was the only one on the planet uh, producing an economic upheaval that will linger for a long time. Uh, and he's right with what he says there. Um, COVID, they, they're, they're squeezing on that for every mile and inch they can, George. You know that. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's become a Trojan horse to us now. Every time there's a cha- they, they invent changes so they can uh, create more mandates. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, there you you said earlier and you picked up right there. Uh, we're playing defense all the time. We're not playing all offense. The, all yeah, the because time. we and they're using this COVID thing. The COVID thing, the timing on COVID was was was, um, uh, you know, uh, uncanny here, how that came in. And the, the Marxists grabbed that trying to excavate Trump from office and the empowerment of China, unleashing the virus on the world because they were losing their their pants with Trump was calling them to the cleaners. They unleash that on the world. It's all connected, right, George? And it's all connected. All connected. Yeah. It's whatever it is that they'll seize on any uh, any opportunity to to make a case. Rittenhouse is one. 
they call it a racist case. You know, I, when someone refers to me as a racist, it, it, the Rittenhouse case, for example, there's no race in it at all. The, uh, the two dead guys are white guy. The injured guy is a white guy. Yeah. Rittenhouse is a white guy. Yeah. But, but they need to call us racist. I don't. I tell them I'm not a racist. I'm an anti-communist. Amen. Yeah, you do say that, and I like that. Uh, and that we should all be saying that, actually. You're so right. There's no racism in it. I mentioned the MS, uh, NB, whatever bro, they, uh, deal earlier, and it's amazing. This other point, Conrad pulls up Afghanistan, George. Uh, and he says, uh, and, and this this will never, we'll, we will never live this down, by the way. He says, nor is the uh, president uh, for the completely avoidable and shaman debacle of the American defection from its own alliance and helter-skelter flight from Afghanistan, leaving thousands of desperate people of many nationalities who had relied on the United States to fend for themselves against the new terrorist regime that seized power with $85 billion of U.S. military hardware just to sweeten the deal, George McClellan. Sure helps, doesn't it? If you have no military, it suddenly have one. But Afghanistan lost a lot of their pilots who fled north into uh, Tajikistan. Uh, we brought some out, but that, that's hardly compensate for the loss of all that stuff. And China's down there hauling that stuff away anyway. Well, that's it. And and so are others as well. Uh, pulling our te technology apart. Uh, you know, the, the Taliban, they need money and they're going to sell that stuff to the highest bidder uh, to anybody. They'll sell it to North Korea, Iran or any other empire who wants it. Doesn't matter. Yep, um, that's they'll, exactly right. they'll send it to the freaking aliens if they land in here and say, could we have that, please? They'll give it to them. They don't really care. These people are happy to die. That's what they live for. We talked about that with IQ Al Razuli the other day. Their whole goal is to die, to go with their virgins or do whatever they do over there there, you know. Um, anyways, uh, and that's the truth, people. That's that's what it is. This next thing he points out about General Milley or something else, he just said, he says here, um, uh, Conrad says in the piece here, no one could have foreseen that the egregious chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, would promise China that he would warn him if President Trump intended to attack China. <laughs> you can't believe this stuff. And he agreed with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, well, that the commander in chief was insane. Well, of course, they tried that 25th Amendment many, many times, George. They were trying to pull that 25th Amendment for quite some years. That was another uh, tool in their arsenal, along with the impeachment and a whole host of things they were doing it by hook or by crook to get Trump out of office. Well, that uh, was desperation on their part. Nancy Pelosi was desperate to to uh, make it so that Trump can never run again. They're afraid of that guy. They're still afraid of President Donald Trump. Oh, they don't sure. even want him on the platform. If And if they can throw sand in the gears, they will yeah. continue. Yeah, to he do. scares the hell out of him. And Conrad talks about that in a moment. We'll get to that. Here's the thing I want to ask you too, George, about the hypersonic weapons. Uh, Conrad says, we have also learned that despite President Trump's hugely expensive renovation of the American military, because we needed that, and the President Trump did invest in the military, and that was important, uh, it now has no answer to Chinese and Russian hypersonic weapons. And we've talked about this extensively on America Out Loud, friends, for sure, with all many experts, as you know. Uh, General Milley and the rest of the overpromoted cabal were too busy politicizing their apolitical offices and confusing the ranks with their historical revisionism to assure the comprehensive defense of the United States. 
Uh, wow. Consult normally with allies serving as American request in the mission of Afghanistan or to demand a sane evacuation plan when the commander in chief determined to scuttle the 20 year Afghan deployment. This guy's a good writer, George. Oh, yes. I love it. I wish I could have written like that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a hell of a writer here. This Conrad guy is I really like this piece here. And then uh, the other thing, some of the bizarreness of the homeland security, the border, Mayorkas and all of that he talks about. But let, and then, uh, you know, Jen Psaki's uh, ridiculous comments, um, which definitely get over the top when she says that. Well, she, she actually makes this crazy comment. If you can imagine this, people, she says, we, this is Jen Psaki now in one of her conversations. We welcome the competition of Russia's hypersonic nuclear-tipped missiles. George, what the hell kind of a statement is that? Stupid. Just plain stupid. Who, who the hell would welcome that? I mean, you could have rocks who, in your head. Who's she trying to convince that little gaggle of, uh, uh, of uh, leftist uh, reporters sitting out there in front of her? Nah, that's, yeah. that's idiot. That, that's idiocy. And, and that, but but it also serves to take our mind off what's really happening out there. We now everybody's complaining about what Jen Psaki said, and forgetting what the real problem is. One other point: we do we do have an answer to Russian and Chinese hypersonic weapons. We're ahead of them, I think, a little bit. They've just come out and showed the world that they exist, right. but we have them as well. Right. That's a very valid point you say. And I was speaking to some other military folks the other day, George, on the program here. And they, they kind of said to me in a different sort of way, but pretty much what you said there, that we probably have, we not only have what you say, but they probably not only, they, they weren't shocked like the paper said when China did that. They knew what was, they, that's what they said to us, that there was some other uh, intel things happening here. And that, uh, and that, uh, they may very well have, because yeah, that, that hypersonic missile ended up going back and hitting the destination and blowing it up and killing a lot of the Chinese. You know that story, right? That's with that. Well, it, it happened when Russia was launching uh, missiles back in the 60s and the 70s. Wow. Uh, the same thing. We were able to take control of the telemetry devices and, and return a missile to the launching post. Uh, the thing is that the Chinese uh, hypersonic weapon, they're ours. They, they just stole it or was given to them. Well, they steal everything. That's all they do. So you you also believe what was said to me in uh, it was that comment. I mean, that was verified to me. It was said that they are certain that we uh, controlled that, uh, that we caused that problem. And just as your reference to Russia right then, back then, you, you feel like there's some truth to that then? Yes, I Interesting. Do. Wow. Well, that, that gives me a jump in my step there, brother. You're uh, now hearing this from several, uh, including you now, senior folks, is I really have nothing to, to measure that against. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm hopeful. Listen, this next statement is, this is, uh, uh, George, this is killer in the piece here from Conrad Black here. Uh, he says, brace yourself here. He says, the internet assures a widespread transmission of such howlers and uh, the next time Biden or Blinken lay the egg about America being back and trusted, the Washington Post should dedicate its entire front page to Pinocchio. 
Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Oh <laughs> my good, God, I good, love good. Yeah. Oh, I love that statement, George. That that is worth the price of admission right there. You know, I'm mean, like, all right, just don't give him a Pinocchio or five of them. Give the whole front page to the man. I love it. I love it. Now yeah, he might he might have said the Washington Examiner instead of the Post because the Post is woke. Yeah. Well, that's why he's saying that sometimes they will give a Pinocchio or two because it's so bad, you know, and he's yeah. saying they should give the whole damn thing, which I thought was terrific. Uh, yeah. He talks about Conrad here to wrap some of this up here. Uh, the European worry that the uh, British and Europeans have always worried about America's uh, largely out of envy and continental vanity, um, which produced disbelief than any other country could perform the role of the world's leading power more effectively than Britain and other major European countries. In other words, out of envy sort of Things, sometimes respect as well. Uh, and uh, and they talk about the fact that he, he gets into, you know, Harry Truman was a rube and Eisenhower was an aging golfer and JFK and Clinton and Obama were too inexperienced and that LBJ knew nothing of the world. And Nixon was devious and Ford and Carter were not up to it. And Reagan was a mere actor and the Bushes were too inart inarticulate uh, and that Trump was completely infeasible they say. And it wraps up this way. And I thought you'd enjoy this, friends. They say they warmed to most of those men except Trump, although he is recognized as uncategorizable and explicitly formidable. George, I love that statement. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he, he particularly, you know, remember the first trip he took to Saudi Arabia? Mm hmm. And they had all of those yep. Uh, yep. sheiks there. Yep. And he told them exactly what was going to happen. And they, they, they came on to it. He brought them to our side. Yep. He brought them to our side. They even accepted later the, the, the uh, U.S. Embassy being changed to Jerusalem. It's remarkable, man. He is, he's a businessman, and he understands what turns other people on, what makes them happy. And he made them happy. But he yeah. made him happy in America's favor. He didn't give in yeah. like Biden does to China. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Conrad Black. And this was a uh, essay put out. Uh, Has America gone mad? It was in New York Sun. It was a fascinating piece that uh, my buddy here, George McClellan, sent me. And uh, I got a chuckle and a half or more out of it. And I thought I had to share it with you folks. Uh, and I'm going to put the whole thing in the post so you can read it in its uh, full entirety. Uh, I want to end it this way for you to really grab on to his, uh, you know, let's get to the point, Malcolm. Well, here's the point. Uh, three more years he says, Conrad, the thought of the most successful alliance in history being led for three more years by an American president whose round-the-clock gaffes are not protected in Europe, as Mr. Biden is in the United States, by a totalitarian social media platform cartel and terminally biased national political media is a subject of profound and general disconcertion. Wow, wow, wow. You could hardly make that up anymore or say that any better than what Conrad Black puts out right there. So the question is for you to ask yourself, has America gone mad or is this just a blip on the radar screen? And are we ready to fight forward? I say we are. Liberty and justice for all. My friends, it's time to get involved and get loud. <laughs>